You are listening to Flipping the Narrative. Come and flip with us. Okay, welcome to another episode of Flipping the Narrative. And today, we're going to flip certain ideas around beauty, beauty pageants, and winning. Yes, ma'am. And national pride, I suppose, is part of it. So, hello. Sorry, hello. I'm not making fun of you guys. <laughs> Remember this, the beauty queen wave, so the they say. The beauty queen wave. You know, <laughs> here she goes, Miss Philippines. <laughs> so, you know, beauty pageants are a huge deal in this country. I can understand their appeal. It's the Imelda Marcos School of Thinking that <laughs> beauty can be uplifting, even momentarily amidst poverty and despair. Personally, I don't care for beauty pageants. They legitimize the objectification, among other things. Plus, it's an industry that beneath the sequence and the spectacle is populated by some very unsavory characters. Right, Laura? Well, okay. So... Here's the interesting thing to me about beauty pageants, right? I find them such a fascinating vortex, if you will, of opportunity, serious opportunity for so many women that may not have an opportunity for education, exposure, a change in life, etc. And then there's also unsavory characters that really use this medium as an opportunity to ogle, possibly sexually harass, etc young contestants. And I also wonder about things like training young girls, especially in certain countries where the pageant system has them start at like the age of five, right? Into this is what your value is, right? So I think, and then uh, there's still, and then I'll, I'll go to Luis, I think for this, but I find it an interesting, empowering venue actually for a lot of gay men. Truly, it's not just sort of entertainment. It's a way for them to talk about in, in a very liberated way, you know, preferences and what they like, et cetera, et cetera. So I do find it a really complex topic to delve into. So I'm excited to be here. Yeah. As you said, well, for me, in, in, the, other, in the other sort of spectrum is, you know, uh, as a gay man, as I said, and to follow your thought, it was an opening. I remember the first time I saw Miss USA, which was 1982, and I was seven years old. I was in the Philippines and, you know, I was watching on TV and to me, it was the most glamorous and beautiful thing I had ever seen in my life. To the point where I think Miss Universe was actually transmitted the following day. I think that's what it used to happen before. And since then, I was so caught up with the glam, the beauty, the shine, and just the magnificence of the staging, how the women looked. To the point where every year after that, when I lived in Mexico City, I would wait for Miss Universe. I would have clippings of all of these newspapers. And I would make my own albums just because it was a thing of absolute beauty. So mm -hmm. to me, it was watching women being the goddesses that they are in that context. And I thought it was very, very important in my childhood. And, and you know, I'm turning 47 this year and I'm still watching them because I absolutely love that it's an alternate universe of glitz, glam, and in many cases, happiness. Mm -hmm. I also understand that the back part of it might be a little bit different. So I think it's time to introduce our guests. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, well, I don't mean to demean the women who have chosen to join beauty pageants and even take home the title, like the two flippers with us today, who, in my opinion, are pioneering beauty queens in so many ways. You know, like, let me just introduce 
First of all, Gemma Cruz Araneta, who was the first Filipina to bring home a beauty title. She was Miss International in 1964. But even before that, and more so after, being a beauty queen is not even the pinnacle of her accomplishments. She's a writer oh, and historian. <laughs> she served in government. She was an activist, is still right. an activist, I would say. She's passionate about heritage conservation. Mm-hmm. And she comes from formidable stock, going all the way back to our national hero, Jose Rizal. Mm-hmm. And just a little side note, you know, when she won $10,000, it was her prize money as Miss International, she donated it to Boys Town and Girls Home, for which she was awarded the Order of the Golden Heart by the president then, Diosdado Macapagal. She received the title from the mayor of Villa's outstanding Manilenia. You know, like I said, that's just the least of her of her accomplishments. <laughs> so can I just also I'll just introduce Michelle Kute also who's you know who was Miss Asia Pacific in 1993, a very dear friend of mine, kept me sane all those years in South <laughs> Africa, fellow Filipina, you know, and um it was a joy to be Mababao <laughs> with her about <laughs> so many things. And you know, when you're abroad, you always look for a kindred spirit who understands totally. your Kababawan, right? <laughs> so and you know, Michelle has also parlayed that you know, I mean, obviously with Jem and Michelle, just apart from their, that they're both stunning women, intelligent women. I mean, Michelle, you know, has gone on to prefer their studies, European, European literature and um, speak several languages. She's a mother. She's an actress. She's a yoga instructor. She's also, an, you know, um, an activist, with, you know, she has her causes and it's just, you know, it's nice to have this all rounded, complete women, so to speak. You know, it's not just, I mean, oh, you know, above and beyond, man, above I, and beyond. Know, right? I'm sitting here listening to all this going, uh, <laughs> I feel <laughs> I feel about two inches tall. So just incredible opportunity to be able to speak. to you. Thank you so much for joining us. It's really a pleasure to be here. I'm sure that it will be a very interesting hour. I was just listening to your conceptions about um, being a beauty queen and the pageant itself. And I do agree with all of you, actually. You have varied, you have varied opinions about it. And, and it's, it's what we know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I never knew anything about the beauty pageants until I joined one. And I joined very late in life. Never really looked at how these things came about, the history, mm-hmm. Until I am actually out of it. There are many people who said, oh, wow, amazing beauty pageants. I wish I were in one. It must have been very glamorous. To be honest, yes and no. There's so much work that goes behind the scene, as Ms. Gemma Cruzaranetta will, will tell you. I'm sure during the time that she joined the international pageant, it was very much not like now. You know, there's so much technology now that changed mm. the way it's being handled and probably made it a lot easier or a lot simpler. But during our time, it's really a lot of work, a lot mm. of grit that went into it. And historically, as as you pointed out, things have changed. It might have started off as men, as far as I know, Miss Asia Pacific was started by men, executives who wanted to to simply advertise their business. Right. And, you know, just like what happened to the Marlboro women in, mm. of the past, you know, they have this women right. and then yeah. took over 
now it's not really men who are watching the beauty pageants, right? It's women, it's gay men. Mm-hmm. I don't know a lot of men who watch beauty pageants. So <laughs> yes, there is the objectification of women. It probably has, uh, it probably started with that. But there's also this thing that started from probably not, as uh, you said, unsavory, but has evolved into something which is quite wonderful, I think. What do you think, Gemma? You know, let me give some context. Mm-hmm. Because uh, very few people realize that beauty contests have a political origin. Ah. It uh, started in the Cold War, after the Second World War, when the United States, that's where it started, avowedly wanted to promote a world peace, you know, uh-huh. international friendship, things like that. But on the other hand, certain industries that were picking up after the war, like the Catalina Swimwear, were sponsors of this. The the only contest then was Miss Universe. Mm. And uh, when I was in my last year in college, I had a professor, Filipina, who studied in the U.S. And uh, she was teaching us political science. And she would say the most outrageous things about beauty contests. She said, you know, that's an instrument of the Cold War. This is what I told you that came from her. And she said, Miss Army Kusala from Finland, who was the first Miss Universe, Mm-hmm. Do, do you know, she told, she asked the class, do you know that Finland was the first country to pay her war debt to the USA? So she said, oh, so we were saying, oh, so what do you mean that this contest are, well, you know, we're supposed to promote world peace. And, and then we noticed, or I noticed after that, there was a period when the United States uh, really advocated regime changes in South America. That's, oh, right. that's a nice way of putting it. But, you know, they would overthrow, <laughs> they would yeah. overthrow presidents whose ideas they didn't like. That's For example... Right. The president of Guatemala who wanted to confiscate United Mm -hmm. Food, he got overthrown. Well, a series Mm -hmm. of that. And coincidentally, all the winners were from South America. From South America. Claro, interesting. So so when I joined the Miss Philippines, actually two of my friends submitted my name. And I was so upset. And they said, no, because we need tall candidates who look Asian. So you're very tall. So make use of your height. So we submitted your name. So anyway, so when when that happened, that was 1964, it was the Vietnam War. So I thought, oh, maybe this is the right time for Mm. an Asian, you know, to win. That's right. Okay, so before I left for Long Beach, I think there was some kind of a bombing of a Haiphong Harbor or something like that. So when I arrived, I was interviewed and I said, oh, I thought I wouldn't be able to come because, you know, Haiphong Harbor got bombed and my parents didn't want me to come. I got a call from a, a nameless Filipina. No, she called the hotel. She was connected to my room and she said, Hi, Miss Philippines, gusto mo bang manalo o hindi? Oh my God. What did you do? Oh my God. Stop talking about Vietnam. They don't want to to hear things like that here. She banged the phone on me. Oh my God. Oh my God. So I thought, oh, my professor was correct. There's something political here. Yeah. And then there was a a demonstration in front of the hotel, parang anti race demonstration, Mm. which uh, accused the beauty contest of being racist, Mm. that none of the colored uh, girls Mm -hmm. won, no? First, uh, there was the Miss America, and mm. no colored girl one, and then uh, the Miss International. Anyway, so I thought, ah, so there are two issues here, the Vietnam War and the 
Praise. The civil rights, yeah, the mm-hmm. you know those uh, mm-hmm. those movements uh, about uh, race. Yeah. So I thought, uh, what could it be? And then by that time, the three leading contenders, according to the newspapers in Long Beach, were Miss America, Miss Brazil, who was a dazzling mulata, and Miss Philippines. That was me. So I thought, oh my gosh, which issue is going to take uh, precedence? No, will it be the <laughs> Get more. Maybe Miss America will win to boost their morale, or maybe I will win because the U.S. was asking Macapagal to send troops, and he didn't want to send troops. And maybe it's Brazil because she's a mulata, and you know they had this demonstrations against race. So those were the things that were going on in my mind. So I don't know whether I was overanalyzing this because of what uh, one professor told me in college, or if. That was really how things were run in those days. No, that was in the 60s. I think that's fascinating. I also think, I mean, you know, there's like everything, right? There's been an evolution in how these things have Mm -hmm. come about. And I do really see what you're saying that especially early on, this was an opportunity for so much symbolism, so much messaging. It was a good platform for certain, you know, activist causes and whatever. So that's interesting because I hadn't thought about that in a good long time. But I, I never thought of that. That's yeah. like a kind of soft diplomacy, soft you know, power <laughs> exactly. thing going on. Yes. Oh. And then they asked us to give short speech about what you're going to do with the prize money if you win. Right. Mm-hmm. So I personally thought, well, if I'm going to win, I have to, to use this money in a very significant way. No, I don't want to just buy jewelry or expensive clothes or, you know, a car. I want to use it in a significant way. So I thought I should donate it to Boys Town because anyway, the Miss Philippines was a fundraiser for Boys Town. So when I had won and I had announced that, my mother said, Huh. You really know your politics, don't you? I said, well, why? I can't imagine why, your mom saying that. <laughs> said, why, mommy? Because you know how Americans are. They always want to know where the aid that they're giving you is going. That is so fascinating. I had no idea. I didn't well, even I told her, mommy, that way. I learned my politics from you. Said, you know, <laughs> Americans are so obsessed with, you know, giving aid because they would give aid all over the place. But they wanted to know what you're going to do with it. Well, that's what she They said. were getting in return. Yeah. Of course, she was teasing. I, she was teasing. <laughs> she was teasing. And then, uh, luckily for me, there was one Filipino judge. He was oh. the consul general. Consul General of, I think, San Francisco, Mr. Oligores. He, he passed away already. And um, all right. So when we were lined up there and for, for, for the MC to announce the, the winner, I looked at him because I wanted him to give me some kind of a sign, you know. And then I saw him wrapping his left hand in a handkerchief. <gasps> so I said, oh, my God, he's going to cry. Because I lost, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so after that, I said, Consul, why did you wrap your hand with a with your handkerchief? I was so scared. I thought I had lost. No, Gemma, because judges were are not supposed to clap. And I already knew that you had won. So I had to wrap my hand in a handkerchief in case he couldn't control himself and, and he'd clap. <laughs> 
imagine. Wow. wow excellent story. I love that. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Michelle, was yeah. it like that for you when you won? What were the, you know, when you won well, both contests, but the international one? Was there, what was I the tension like? You know, and I'm listening here, listening to Gemma, and I'm gobsmacked because I cannot remember a lot of the details of the competition, to be honest. Oh, well, anyway. It's so it's fascinating so- to listen to her and, you know, <laughs> so remember won, these when- details about the woman <laughs> on the phone and the contest. Yeah, there, there's one more detail that I'll never forget. So, all right. So, I was already the winner. I was crowned. So, the announcer said, um, where's the mother? Where's the mother? Bring her upstage. Huh? So, they found her there in the audience and dragged her upstage. Can you imagine how she must have felt, Bambina? So, we had, <laughs> we had this, like, like you know, like they put her face beside mine, you know, for the yeah, photo, yeah, for, the for photos, the photo. yeah. And she was whispering to me, "Wakang maniniwala." Lutong makawito. Oh my god! No, so I was so you know, it's a good thing he didn't show on my face, but <laughs> kept whispering that who, in my ear. Who was that? I'm sorry. Her, mother. her mother. Her mother. Her mother. <laughs> yeah, she was saying, <laughs> You know what? That's the kind of thing my mom would say. So, I mean, I'm not yeah, surprised they were of, friends. Yes. So, anyway, right. so it's I, the kind of thing my mother would say as well. Also, I asked her, Mommy, man, why, why were you whispering that to me? What, what do you mean? Well, she said, I was just so afraid that it would go to your head. Exactly, exactly, oh, right? Diba, Bambina, our, <laughs> yeah. our mommies were like that. They're like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, can, you imagine, can you imagine the, the Roman emperors had to pay somebody to tell them something like that? Sit, <laughs> transit, Gloria Mundis or something, you know? And then I had my mother telling me that. <laughs> That's classic. Michelle, what was your mom like when you won? What was your family like when you won? Oh, my, we obviously come from different, very different worlds. We were all stunned, obviously, and very emotional, very, very emotional. They weren't in in the ballroom. It was done at the Philippine International Conference Convention Center. It happened in the Philippines, actually, yeah. the international pageant. And, um, and they weren't there. My parents, we didn't come from a very... We didn't come from an affluent family. I don't come from an affluent family. They were just at home. They watched it. They were very happy, which I obviously found out the day after when I when I saw them in the hotel when they visited me. So I celebrated with my fellow contestants and <laughs> the production people who were actually who became my family during that time. They were my cheerleaders. They were my you know my family. Um, in 93. I was studying in Manila and didn't have my family who lived, you know, in, in the province. What propelled me into the beauty pageant was the need to earn. I was supporting myself and someone approached me and said, have you ever thought of entering a beauty pageant? And I said, Kikita Bahujan. <laughs> that was my question. <laughs> at that time, I was working. I was working in the evening and um, going to school in the morning, and I was so hard. I on the side, I was already doing some odd modeling jobs. 
there were times when it was really not easy. I remember times when I couldn't go to UP because I didn't have a single cent to pay for for jeepneys. You know, kahit na piso lang sa ikot, right. wala. <laughs> right. Yeah. This is this is so, really interesting. Yeah, because a lot of contestants go in it for that reason, diba? Opportunity yes. also. Yeah. I believe this is prevalent in countries like Venezuela and the Philippines. Mm-hmm. This has become a venue for women like me or for young women at the time, <laughs> a young woman like me, to to earn or to get herself out there and be noticed and you know have that opportunity to make something of herself. Which let's let's be honest, this was in the 90s. Not a lot of people you don't see corporate women, women in, you know, in the four, Fortune 500 or in top positions. So, yeah, it was definitely a stepping stone. That's, that's yeah, I what think, I find really... Yeah, go ahead, I'm sorry. Right? No, I was just going to say that it, it's also another avenue, I guess, that, that because of socioeconomic conditions here, that and social mobility actually... I mean, I think it's changing now, but you were born and you died in the class. You were, you know, mm-hmm. you were in, right? So yeah, it was very hard. Social mobility was was really difficult. So that was one way because especially beauty pageant, then you become, I think, more so than being an actress. I think there was a time in the movie industry here where, you know, it wasn't the sort of industry that so-called well-born people got into. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think a beauty pageant catapulted you already into a certain sphere you got you know perhaps not in your i don't know but for for some women it gives them the chance to well employment but but also finding a husband right finding a husband a boyfriend who would take care of them and you know um basically lift them out of of whatever their economic situation was so right in in venezuela that's certainly the case they've um i've read a lot of literature about Women, they go through these medical medical surgeries yeah. because that is the only way. An investment. And, um, it's an investment an inv- in their it future, right? is. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's the only way for them. Yeah. To secure, I, and not to secure a, yeah, and mostly to secure someone who will help them through life or their family right. through life. Yeah. yeah. So it's interesting to me, you know, thinking about how the machine is so corporate now. Because what I love hearing in these conversations already is I did, I was not all that aware of the political opportunity, right? At the beginning of these pageants. And then later on, I think underscored here by Michelle, the opportunity for young women in certain countries to, like Bambina said, you're born and you die in the class that you were born in. And this was an opportunity to sort of break that barrier that might not have been so available for so many people, right? So now I'm curious, like I know among the gay male population of the Philippines, honestly, for some, for some of y'all, it's almost a religion. Okay. It so is. Lou, it you is. know I'm going to pass this over to you because you've been adamant about coming after me, which I've tried to critic, critique some of this. So I want to hear from you, my friend. Why do you think that is? What is the, I know you said glitz and glam and whatever, but it seems like there's something else going on. There's like a whole community, like people really bigger than the Oscars, right? 
it like really stuff is. shuts I mean, down. I mean, it, it, here in, 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 you know, since Miss Universe is always transmitted in the mornings, we organize ourselves into breakfasts, right? So the Miss <laughs> You breakfasts. Um, wow. Yeah, 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 for sure. Oh my God. It's all, it's every single year. It's, it's like that. But I mean, the conversations obviously start a month before. And we're all over the internet, you know, following each one. We have our bets. We look at what's going on. And I, I really think it's really just an alternate universe of beauty. I, I can't, I, I, nobody has any investments. You know, there, there's nothing behind that, right? You know, I was listening to, to Michelle and to me, you know, obviously what we've talked about, it's the, the, the opportunity for many women, right? Which I, I mm -hmm. absolutely love. But then I, I wonder what is behind when, when you're actually, you know, during your reign or during the pageant, what happens behind what the straight male engine and industry do to you contestants and the winners? I mean, did you ever have any bad experiences with that? Actually, yeah, no. I, I, was, I was mentioning earlier when we were talking about questions, because someone who shall remain unnamed bought the franchise, right? For Miss USA. And had <laughs> well <clears throat> yeah. and notoriously had said that he would just go into the the behind yeah. the what do you call it? Backstage. Backstage. Well, women were dressing. And mm. I really was curious, how does the engine protect the women does it i also have to say um that probably you know things were different in the 90s plus when you know Gemma won when or the, the origins yes. of of, no. of the pageant, there's a right? 30 so year I, I, would, yeah. I would love to pass this on to Gemma right now because i think the circumstances are very very different with yeah. you know <laughs> maybe we can talk about misogyny closer to today but back in the day i, I think there was probably more respect and much more <laughs> honor behind this well you know i almost had a bad experience almost almost because, of course, it was the franchise was held by the city of Manila. But, you know, there are always some rich businessman who wants to get mm -hmm. his, his mm -hmm. nasty fingers in there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then, so one of them uh, started, I will not name names, of course. <laughs> so he said, oh, you know, I can really help you. Uh, oh, really? I said, well, thank you very much. And I think you need to go to a gym. Oh, oh really? Oh, you know. So he said, uh, where do you live? So I gave him my address. Ba? He arrived. He arrived. <laughs> he, he, he rang the oh door. God. Oh, you know, God. And then I opened the door. I opened the gate, actually, you know. I opened the gate. And then I opened it wide open. And then he sort of like pulled it so that the drive, his driver will not see whom he was visiting. Okay, so I let him in. We walked across the garden and into the house, into the living room. And he was probably... Well, I'm sorry to say, maybe he was probably shocked or surprised that I was living in a house like that. I mean, we're not a rich family, but in our house, we had, you know, paintings on the wall mm -hmm. by my stepfather. Yeah, yeah, my stepfather <laughs> had uh, like two one lunas and yeah. maybe he didn't even recognize it. But then there were paintings <laughs> on the wall and there was a small library and, yeah. you know, maybe he didn't expect back that no so okay after a brief conversation he said goodbye and i never saw him again Interesting. <laughs> he was intimidated right i was gonna say there's an intersectionality there also now of being uh, tall beautiful and obviously of a certain education or class or power right very mm -hmm. interesting but um so, but I, yeah, going so I, I never saw him again but i heard that you know he would always <laughs> Try to be there in uh, in those beauty contests, but uh, nah, nah, he, must, he must be he must be close to a hundred years old now. <laughs> <laughs> 
Maraming DOM surrounding the industry naman eh. Yes. But a beauty queen is, I mean, to be blunt about it, it's a trophy as well for many men, right? To be able to say, my wife was me. You know what? I mean, I had a... That's why. That's why Tony Beth Araneta married me, I think. Oh, of course you were in love with each other. Of course you were in love with each other. Then <laughs> we're still love, we still love each other. You. But but you know, he had he told me that he had political ambitions. Mm. And I had to campaign for him when he was running for a delegate of the CONCON. Remember this constitutional convention? I don't That's think right. any of yes, you were yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, well, yes. No, I was I was around. Yeah. Yeah, I was well, around. I anyway, was young, so but. Uh, he was running for in, in the 4th district of Manila because he was born in Intramuros. And at, at that time, he didn't, he couldn't speak Tagalog um, so fluently. Well. So I had to make all the speeches for him wow. in Tagalog. And many votes were invalidated because they were in my name. People oh, no. Wow. Well, that would have been an opportunity. Opportunity lost. Yeah. Right. It's like, honey, I hate to break the news to you. You didn't do so well, but the good news is I did. So I'm in. So anyway, a lot of votes were invalidated and his rival really brought this uh, case to court, you know, like a vote recount and things like that. Oh my goodness. But anyway, he still won. He still won, even if a, a lot of votes were invalidated. Well, you really won, but... Exactly. <laughs> now, now we know the truth. <laughs> but so, Michelle, going to Luisa's question, was it significantly different for you, do you think, in terms of the... I consider it a threat. I mean, I think it's wonderful that this story with Gemma ended up well, right? But I do worry about some of the other women where maybe it didn't end up well. And I'm curious if the machine protected them or just hush-hush under the rug kind of thing. So this was in the 90s. It's interesting that Gemma actually mentioned, I, I was asking her, what was what was your um, experience overseas? Because my experience obviously is limited to the Philippines because our international pageant was held here. I was lucky. Because I had a very strong boyfriend. <laughs> My boyfriend was with me all the time. A lot of people knew him. I must say that the production that did the pageant, it was Carousel Production, who's running Miss Earth now. They were very, very good. They were very protective of the women. So we had lots of chaperones whenever we go out. True. We were exposed to a lot of unsavory characters whenever we'd go to clubs because we had to promote the club who's sponsoring the event or we'd have to go to a restaurant that's sponsoring the event. There would always be a lot of men. I don't know if these men watch beauty pageant. I don't think so. I had no idea why they were there. They were probably mm. friends with, you know, some of the some of the people who, who knew that we were going to be there. But we were always surrounded by men. And luckily, as I said, um, we had really good chaperones. Mm. But I have witnessed some dallyings here and there. Mm. Don't know what happened to that. Now I remember, Miss Costa Rica stayed with me. She didn't leave the country after the pageant. She was offered to work in the movie industry here, um, in the modeling industry. And she lived with me for, for a few months. I knew that she was seeing some people. 
she was almost always out and she was young and vivacious and you know how the men here they love 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 the latinas right um she wasn't without an escort <laughs> let's put it that way I don't know if anything happened beyond whatever I, I you know, what I know. And we were living together. Yeah. But then she went home. So I, I don't know what happened to that. I am curious, no? But I'm, I find also in the States, because we've heard it, right, from this person I'm not naming and that incident that <laughs> became famous about barging in on these young women and backstage. You, you mean and, the one asking for a recount as well, right now? That, that one, one also. Oh. That, that, one, yes, that same one. That, same one. <laughs> that one, that one. Um, so, diba, and even there was a complaint, if I'm not mistaken, actually, yes. for either sexual harassment or sexual assault that had happened Hi. in one of those Horrible. things. Oh, yes. Horrible, right? And, I think then in as I mean I'm I'm extremely relieved and happy to hear that at least here for the most part it seems that we had a system that really was more about maybe the traditional Filipino holding up of women and therefore quote protecting them and all of this stuff, no? But certainly in the state it seems like they had more of an issue that came to light in the Me Too movement and all of this. And the second you start mixing corporate sponsors with the money that are responsible for this entire machine, who are men who might be doing these things, it becomes, I think, very difficult for the machine to try to, you know, protect the girls, right? It's, it becomes a conflict of interest. So I'm relieved that doesn't seem to have been the case here mm-hmm. all that much. Mm-hmm. No. So we need to go into question and answer portion here right now. Sorry. <laughs> um, so <World laughs> peace. here we go. World uh, peace. No, so I, I, I think I, from my perspective, I'd like to hear both of your opinions on, you know, what do you think the relevance of beauty pageants are in 2021? Mm, great. Question. Why do they exist today? Mm-hmm. Oh, host I don't know. I don't know why. They exist today. I, I think uh, for the reason that Bambina, that Bambina mentioned uh, at the beginning of the show, you know, uh, girls want to be want to be known, and this is an easy way to be known, a fast way to be known. In fact, my mother told me this is not fair. You know, I've been writing for twenty years, thirty years, and then overnight they know you and they don't know me anymore. <laughs> Yeah, genius. <laughs> yeah, I think that 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 still is a valid reason that uh, mm-hmm. if you want to be known uh, overnight, then you right. you can join the contest. But but I think the important thing is what do you do afterwards? Right. Mm-hmm. Nuts. Yeah. With your title. I, I agree with Gemma. Although I would still say world peace. World peace is the reason why it's still done. Absolutely. <laughs> now, um, well, I think particularly in, in, in a country like ours where um, there's still a very grave difference, you know, in, in class. Mm-hmm. It it makes a big difference. There's not a lot of opportunity, particularly for women. Let's be fair. It's not just in in, in our country, all over the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many Amen, how many sister. women do you see in in top positions mm-hmm. where you know we're lucky yes. to have the, the likes of Angela Merkel and the, you know the president of Finland? Yeah, you can just count them in the yeah in the palm of your hand. There's that glimmer of hope 
for mm. for women. But nowadays, it's also become a platform. Mm. I've seen women like this. Um, I believe she calls herself bisexual. No, mm-hmm. she, she she won one of the pageants. She's mm-hmm. she's not the top winner, but she was one of the uh, top five, I believe. And she's her cause is for gender equality. Causes or, or, or pageants like Miss Earth, you know, mm-hmm. it's we've turned pageants on pageants on its head it's not anymore about the woman itself sure mm. we're still looking for that beautiful face that great body <laughs> that, yeah. um, the, the, the question and answer portion we're still looking for that representative of what we believe is the perfect woman of today but the perfect woman of today is not only face body or not even that it's gone beyond that we're looking at women who speak their mind it's become a lot about okay what's her they call it pasabog right (laughs) what's her pasabog oh okay she's all about um, the environment or she's all about gender equality you know so I think that's what it's become right now. It's become a platform for a platform. women to be able to speak her mind. Because why not? It's always been the status quo that's that's speaking. It's always been the men who's in the forefront. And we always hear what, what, what they're about. What about us? And luckily, there are many people who follow the beauty pageants and who listen and who, who advocate. And so do you yeah. not think that, you know, um, by doing that, even if it's an opportunity for yourself, that you objectify yourself as a woman as well? I'm not saying men you, objectifying women. I'm just saying women objectifying themselves to get some. Sure, sure. But, you know, let's let's be honest. Um, not everyone can be can be Greta. Not everyone can sit there and open her mouth and will listen in a country like ours that love beauty it could be your opening you know mm-hmm. we all have openings it could be that yeah. you know you are you you are the genius of the world and that is your opening and for women it is their opening i have the face but then also i have the voice you know I, i'm not yeah. just using my face to to purport something to yeah. to tell people about something it's it's really how you use that power right. that's yeah, that's what i believe what you the do after behind that for sure yeah. no and, and i think the recent what was the recent one miss verse or, or something there was a recent pageant right um miss america dropped the swimsuit won. competition yeah no but not only that 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 they were making a statement even with the costumes they were using Mm. Yes, that was in Miss Universe. Yes, Miss Universe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that for me, that's a welcome development, right? That's like, hey, I've got this platform. I'm going to listen. This is what's happening in my country. It's very Mm -hmm. brave in many ways, right? Because very brave. And it was a Filipina who did that. Stop Asian hate. Although she was representing Singapore, Singapore. Yeah, she did that. She's Filipina. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, and Miss Myanmar, I believe, um, put the, 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 the spotlight on, on. Yeah. Well, I, I, in one of her speeches, she was she she put the spotlight on what's going on in her country as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I hope she's still alive. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I I believe no. she's not. She was banned from re-entering Myanmar. No. Oh, so she's, she's still alive. I, she must have sought asylum somewhere. I yeah. think. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. After that, in, in the United oh, States, sure. yes. Uh-huh. Ah, okay. Ah, in the United States, what? One of the generals, one of their generals, said that they want something like Myanmar to happen in the USA. 
Oh, oh yeah, that's right. right? That's yeah. true. That's another story. <laughs> that's another that's story. We'll, we'll have you back for that. Episode. Yeah, it's <laughs> a whole other episode. We can talk about that. No, but then I also love, I mean, I remember also before, especially when the, when the Miss Universe, I think it was 1974 when they built Folk Arts Theater, right? And in, the, in Manila, it was a huge thing. Everybody was so into it. We'd never had that before. So, you know, it was, we knew all the candidates, we knew, um, all the contestants, we knew where they were from and all that. And some of us tried to go to the rehearsals. I mean, it was a big <clears> deal. <throat> and then now, like you say, Luis, it's become a, you know, more the gays or gay people are more into it. They take it seriously. And then there's this it's joke, right? The gays. Yeah. Sorry, I keep saying that. Yeah, I'm really yeah. sorry. But there's this joke. There was there's this joke that goes around whenever it's Miss Universe or any any um beauty contest. And they'll say, Don't go to the parlor today, don't go to the salon and get your hair done because you know, the, the, you know, no, the no, hairdressers, no, they, they they're all the baklas, the baklas are all, you know, either watching or they're all mad because Miss Philippines didn't win, you know. <laughs> On a serious note, I really would love to read a critical theory paper about this because I tell you, there is something about that community gathering that happens in the gay community and it feels so liberated and so joyous and so, you know, there's no editing. Like, it's really, I would love to read a paper about this. And Laura, this is not just the Philippines. Huh? I mean, obviously, the entire gay community in Latin America. I mean, all around the world. It's, yeah. it's something that is tied to that. I don't know what it is. I, I cannot pinpoint it. You know, I, I can only, and I'm going back to that day when, you know, 1983, when I saw Miss USA. And it was the best thing that had happened in my life then. <laughs> and there's no politics, there's nothing. It was just this amazing feeling of, wow. I think it's fascinating. <laughs> I really, really do. Because it's not like when, let's say, other people get together to watch the Oscars and it's just fun to bet on who you think is going to win. There really is a sense. It's almost like a pride parade. That's the energy almost that I get. Mm. It's like their Mundial or Super Bowl, you know? Parang everyone, talaga. And it's, it's empowering. There is something there. I'm really... Well, it's the same as football for straight men in the Mundial, right? I mean, please. You see two straight men, you know, watching a football match and it's like, you know, no. Okay. Fair. But let's just say that yeah. their, their venues to celebrate themselves are not paltry. So I'm less interested in that. I'm interested in more venues for, let's say, gay men who actually, you know, they feel, I own this time. These are my people, my community. I own it. Like we're in it, you know, I love it. It's really interesting. It was so, funny. It's funny also how I think it's just every single year it happens. You have all of these local fashion designers completely critiquing the dresses that are being worn by the candidates of the Philippines and putting out on Twitter and on Facebook their own designs and what they would be doing. It's like, I, this is how I would contribute to, to um, her wardrobe, right? Yeah. So, but it's also nice to see changing standards of beauty, like really veering away from that white, you know, westernized. Blonde, blue-eyed. Yeah. yeah, blonde, blue-eyed ideal. I mean, Gemma, you were obviously a trailblazer in that mm -hmm. respect, well, right? But, but well, you know, uh, the adulation that uh, your fellow Filipinos give you mm. is really quite intoxicating. Sure. So, I think my mother saw that. That's why she would say, <laughs> 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 Like, 
<laughs> we we need another episode about our mothers. Okay. Oh Lord, have mercy! That Ooh. might be an episode it's per a, mother. It's really intoxicating. And then um, representatives of Fernando Poe Jr. went to the house. They wanted me to be the leading lady in his next movie. My mother was so horrified. Now, Michelle laughs very much, but you know. No. So she told me, you know, you are not going to do this. The only thing that you can do is accept invitations from colleges, universities, schools, civic groups to talk about Philippine history and culture. Oh, okay, mommy. Okay, so that's what I did, and that's what I'm still doing until now. And then she would, uh, she would dress me up in a barong barong dress. Actually, it was called uh, Gemma Barong. It was a a Barong Tagalog that looked like a dress. And then I had to make a pusod with with my hair. She didn't like this mga magulo hairdo. So I had to put a bun and uh, talk about Philippine history and culture. And she would always (laughs) tell me, you know, all these young people look up to you. This is a a position of great responsibility. You cannot be seen misbehaving. And uh, you have to make them know about their country, to love their country. So that's all you're going to do. So that's How amazing. So obviously yes. at that time, you didn't have a gay stylist, right? So I didn't have a stylist. We didn't have... Well, of course, I would go to the beauty salon and I there were gay stylists there. But yeah. we didn't have ha- what you call handlers. Handlers, handlers. Yeah, you know, I, I did my own makeup and my own hair during the contest. And... Uh, Wow. I mean, as for the wardrobe, my mother chose this. And, and a lot of couturiers, when I won the Miss Philippines, gave me a dress or a terno mm-hmm. or a kimona, you know, so, so I could look nice in the contest. And uh, Pitoy Moreno lent me the most fabulous looking gown. So, oh, but uh, we, didn't, we didn't have any handlers at that time. Now, I think now they call them teams or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just, I, I, I'm so surprised. You know, in my time, there were no such thing as. Uh, they have their photographers with them, yeah. and their yeah. makeup artists, and hairstylists, yeah, right, and stylists right. that mm-hmm. go with them into yeah, the pageant. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I was yeah. just alone with my little makeup kit. Same here. <laughs> Different but time. Michelle. You should have invited someone from today. <laughs> Mi- yeah, Michelle, right. you have a connection to Fernando Po Jr. as well, right? Yeah, what um, what, Je- what Gemma <laughs> denied, I picked up. <laughs> my first my mother. Was my mother FPJ. who denied. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your first movie was with FPJ, right? With FPJ, yeah, that's correct. Oh, but Michelle, I mean, you've said you've said it was life changing, right? Winning and having become Miss Philippines and then Miss Mutianang Pilipinas, right? And then Miss Asia Pacific. I mean, you, you've said it's been life changing. It has been. It has been life changing. I was a university university student working working at night, you know, going to school during the daytime, and then so many things have changed. I was working. I was still working, but filming three films in a span of a year and doing a a variety show during the day. I was still working hard, but it's a lot easier. It certainly gave me a lot of avenues to to explore, a lot more avenues than I would probably have Mm -hmm. had, had I only had my studies obviously especially with what i was studying at that time <laughs> which was which well, I was, was what i started that? off as a theater arts student in up eventually 
found my love in European literature, which probably I wouldn't have explored had I not the means to to travel, to um, be more exposed to um, certain types of media. And, and that was afforded to me because of the opportunity I had. But I want to ask you, if you had lost the first time around, would you have tried again? You know how a lot of these beauty queens mm-hmm. now, it's their third, fourth or whatever time. And then maybe I have heard, I can't obviously confirm, but they <clears> probably <throat> tweak their bodies a little bit or something or a little bit more you know, training and all that. And then they, they, some of them win at the, you know, fourth drive, fourth different pageant. Some of them don't. That takes a different kind of determination, right? It's a different level. Right. Would, would you have done that? You're asking the Michelle now, which I probably would have said yes. But during that time, I knew myself. I was, I was, I was proud. <laughs> As I said, I was doing it for financial means, uh, financial reasons. And if I would have lost, I would have thought, oh, this is not really um, worth my time. I probably wouldn't have done it again. Um, but thinking now, I, I do admire those those women who have done it a few times, who have tried and tried again. Because to be fair, yes, there is that aspect of are you of beauty and intelligence, but sometimes it's also luck. Sometimes you know you you get partnered with the right kind of judges. It's still a very, it's not objective at all. It's still a very subjective event, Mm -hmm. you know, as Gemma pointed out, it could have been that, you know, this year we are talking about Vietnam. And so Vietnam is an island. To be honest, I really thought that this year we would have another uh, Miss Universe who is a woman of color because, um, you know, that's what's in the cards and that's what everyone's talking about. It would have been different. So I do not, I really am very happy that women do not just fall out when they, when they don't win the first time. Um, But no, to to answer your question, I wouldn't have, (laughs) I wouldn't have the time. I wouldn't have had the, the, the courage, I think. Um, it was I was a fluke it was really a fluke there were a lot of women in the Miss Philippines that I joined the Mutianang Filipinas who have been there a few times and they were models and some of them were actresses I didn't have any background as I said it was my first beauty pageant I was I was going to ask um, Michelle and Gemma I mean about I have to ask about racism now in beauty pageants right and um, I think it's important that this be mentioned because you know, I thought as well this year, probably, you know, Miss, Miss Canada was a black candidate who was actually born in Kenya. And then all of a sudden in the Philippines, just because we're not, you know, our candidate is not actually supported or part, top, part of the top top 10 or top 15 or whatever it is. We get incredibly racist in this country. We are. We are racist. Mm-hmm. Whether, whether or not there are beauty contests, I think Filipinos are racist. We yes, have we have that. Uh... That's another episode, Ma. Yeah, we <laughs> no, but I mean, we're, I mean, this is really about. Did you guys feel any racism against you during the time that you were actually representing the Philippines? No, well, so for me, no. I was lucky. I don't know if it was because there was a there was a Western candidate who was very anti me, but not because of my race. I think it was because. It was a, more of a competition. Well, I didn't so. feel anything against my race, but I, yeah. But I, my experience is that a lot of Filipinos were very, were not very nice to the women of color. Well, well, you know, I felt and I heard that a lot of people said, "Hi, 
Bakit naman yan papadala natin? Ang itim-itim niya. Because I was... Gosh. You! <laughs> You're not even dark. And can you imagine them? I know. If you look at my pictures in those days, I was much darker. Because, uh, you know, in school, you have PE under the sun and, and things like that. So uh, I was much darker than what I am now. I really don't know why, but I guess it's because of the exposure to the sun. So they would say, Ay, naku, bakit yan eh? Ang itim-itim, di yan nanalo. Or things like that, no? Mm-hmm. And then in the U.S., the, the racist, uh, uh, well, I wouldn't call it a slur, but the racist ideas was more subtle. Uh, they would ask, uh, do you live on trees in the Philippines? Oh, lovely. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's subtle at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's not subtle. That's, that's fairly blunt. Yeah. <laughs> I, would say, I would say, yeah, but, you know, we have escalators going down. <laughs> you know, so I would say things like that. And then once, once my mommy went to, you know, this uh, sidewalk, uh, corner, corner pharmacy, you know, to pick up some stuff. And then our pictures uh, of the candidates, uh, the top five, had already come out on the front page of the Long Beach newspapers. I yes. only heard an American <laughs> couple saying, oh, look at Miss Philippines. Oh, what a pretty girl. I wonder if she speaks English. So my mother said, she does and better than you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, anyway, those. It's, I mean, I think definitely it's there, but that's also because racism is there everywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's everywhere. So it's in politics, it's in work, it's in society, it's in schools. Um, and I think, unfortunately, Luis, I think you're touching on this thing with Miss Canada this year, right? Is it yes. when this vitriol, she's a very dark, deep um, African-Canadian and mm-hmm. beautiful, <clears throat> stunning. Beautiful. But, but regardless, I mean, the vitriol and what was stunning to me was so many of the comments were from Filipinos, right? Ah. I told you. Do you think so? Well, it's major. Also, I mean, the the thing is, you need to understand, Laura, is that the people who are more active in all of social media are the Filipinos, right? So that's that's what happens as well. True. You know, how doubly painful to to see also this attitude from Filipinos. Parang naman, the way I always think of it is, okay, parang naman when we're Pinoy, and if we look particularly Pinoy, Pinoy, right? Traditional sort of um, very Aboriginal or whatever. If we were in many of these countries, we would be subjected to that hatred very much so and actually excluded from jobs and opportunities and whatever. So it's always sad for me to see when we do that. You know what I mean? (sighs) But it is what it is. Because as far as I'm concerned, we're a colored race. Yeah, of course. Yeah, certainly. Of course. Certainly. I mean, here Mm -hmm. we're of the paler spectrum, but definitely (laughs) Filipinos. We are Southeast Asian. Aitas are mm-hmm. Filipinos, so we tend to erase mm-hmm. our Aboriginal brethren, but of course for people of color, you know? And I mm. find that Filipinos, and Luis mentioned this in our first episode, we're very quick to adapt and blend very well in any society that we emigrate to, which is wonderful. On the other hand, I think sometimes we end up... We assimilate the racist tendencies exactly. as well. Exactly. Right. Yeah. We it's a form of acceptance. Exactly. Like accept Parang, us because we identify, we, you know... Exactly. I'm not like people them. you hate, right? Exactly. Yeah. Right. I'm not like them. Right. I'm like you. And I think, I think it's also still a yeah. It's still you know a remnant of the or of our colonial mentality, right? Colonialism. Yeah. 
Filipinos really still glorify the pale skin. I mean, I didn't, I, when I won, Gemma, I don't know if she was dark, but I was really, it's like, it's only my emergency light, this one, that's making me, that's making me look pale, but I'm still very dark. <laughs> I'm still very Filipino in my skin. I, um, I, my, my mom would also say the same thing. Maganda ba yan? Ang itim-itim niyan? Oh, you know, and, and we have that. Filipinos yeah, have that. They still or think pango, that. Or pango, Filipinos still glorify that um, they still for them the epi- epitome of beauty is still mm. fair light skin and, yeah right. yeah, um, yeah, yeah for sure matangos ma- what, what is it matangos 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 it's very interesting but that's why I liked it when Laura mentioned about the evolution of beauty or was it Bambino who said yeah, beauty has evolved right now people actually I, I work I work in the um, um, in the TV commercial industry I, I have I have an agency now the briefs that we're getting it's not anymore you know uh, we need this perfect face we're looking they're looking for we're looking for women with freckles or we're looking for um, women who have shaved their head and right. so, which is great I said wow finally right. you know we're Broader breaking through barriers. Well, that's yeah. the other thing about representation that's interesting. Exactly. That if we don't have representation, and this is something I mentioned earlier also in another episode, Filipinos, considering we're everywhere, like a rash, like we're everywhere, right? <laughs> How come there's no <laughs> Filipino on Grey's Anatomy? Like the representation of Filipinos is actually quite poor in popular culture, considering we're everywhere, right? And the problem with lack of representation is then whoever is the representative has to be everything everything yes the status quo has to be everything Mm -hmm. and that's really just not fair it's an impossibility to put on any one person that you be everything for my culture my race my gender my whatever Mm -hmm. um so yeah i love the fact that there is more representation you know hopefully we'll get those changes faster but you know when i was living in hong kong i a friend of mine said and which really shocked me said you know they say he was an expat they say that the Filipinas are really the most beautiful women in Asia, but I haven't seen many. I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I got That's that also, in Argentina. Right? <laughs> like they would be like, no, I heard that Filipinas are the most beautiful in the world. And then they would kind of look at me and pause. <laughs> you know, And I'd be like, I don't know what to tell you. Should I apologize? What the fuck? I don't know. No, I got, I got a pass because I didn't look. Filipina, you know what I mean? So right. they, they were, yeah, but they were just making a general comment about, yeah, well, you know, well, I, I don't I mean, see it's, it. It's very interesting because when I, um, when everyone arrived for our pageant, I thought that I was the least beautiful of everyone. You know how, especially for me, because it was the first time I've seen people from every uh, from different countries. So, you know, y- you've got women who had, who have blonde hair and blue eyes and you have women with red hair and so on. I, it was fascinating. And I've, I'm realizing now, really, I don't know what standard of beauty we're, um, we are exacting on, on women, but there are so many beautiful women in the world. Being exposed to a lot of women 
it's it's fascinating and it's not just about the symmetry of face or you know the color of eyes or hair there were certain standards certain very basic standards for that Miss International contest no i mean they didn't say that your face had to be very beautiful but you ha- your body had to be proportioned and mm. their proportion was uh, 10 inches difference 34, 24, 34, 34, the the waistline and the hip line. Okay. So I was 36, 25, 36. Oh, wow. Wow. Now it's 63, 53. Anyway, so, and then your knees had to touch. There was a time time on the stage you were asked to uh, face the, you know, frontal uh, angle. And uh, put your ankles together, girls. No. Yes. Your knees had to touch. Wow. From knee down to a bit uh, above your ankles, your knees had to touch. And you turn around, you show your back, and your back uh, has to be like like smooth without any bones showing. Those were the very basic things that uh, I mean, you know, it's a little that's that deep to me that's scary that's a little scary it's it's like what do you call them those beautiful dog shows right or like the <laughs> it's like cattle that's what, it's like yeah, certain those were proportional the, those were the, yes, you know those what i mean were the, those were the very basic i mean they don't they oh they won't say that oh you have to be white or you have to be brown or this right. or your hair has to be straight or or your nose has to be you know mm-hmm. a certain size mm-hmm. or they don't say that it's just the the body proportion uh, your knees have to touch yeah, your knees have to touch. <laughs> well, at, at least we know that that would not hold up today okay. and I am thankful for that <laughs> being, <laughs> well, being, now it's the thigh gap right okay being I the strict know. one here because listen I mean honestly kulang na lang we have cocktails here and I would be here for another three hours because I'm <laughs> thoroughly not just enjoying this but I'm I'm really learning so I'm really appreciating this but in the interest of not keeping you here for four hours I think it might be interesting to share. Like, I would love to hear truthfully from like from Gemma and Michelle how you would like to see this evolve moving forward. Because you have you have real introspection going on. It's not like talking to maybe some winners where they're very much in the thrall of it. You know what I mean? And they can't quite think about everything critically. But I think you guys have lived it. You really have sort of these amazing insights about it. And I'd be very curious to see how would you like for this to evolve even into oblivion or would you like it to evolve to allow women and burkas? I mean, how would this, how would it look for you moving forward? Ayan, so it has to be final question. Aganon, sorry. World peace. Wait, wait, wait. Before you go into the deep, that deep question, I just want Aganon. to ask. Okay, may mababaw pa pala. Okay. Yeah, you know, they talk about, they talk about the, relationship you know the fostering friendships aspect and all that do you have any (laughs) yeah yeah exactly did did you make any lasting friends among the other contestants or were you in like this is mine bitch Babs that's such a that's so funny that is such a but it's something that we all want to know and we're afraid to ask that is (laughs) um, so yeah I was Miss Friendship during my time (laughs) <laughs> and 
<laughs> and I think the only reason that happened was um, I was, you know, your your roommate. You're the host country. Closest. I'm the host country, maybe. But um, also, why, Bambina? You don't think I can be Miss Friendship? No, of course not. I'm just saying that. No, no of course not. <laughs> but there's an added, added ambassadorial duty, right? <laughs> I guess so. So Miss Miss Israel was my roommate, and we became fast friends. And usually, you vote for you know for your roommate for Miss Friendship. What else? You don't really get to interact with all the candidates to know who is the friendliest or. But um, I happened to, um, Miss Turkey got sick and um, maybe because I was the host, but also because I, am, I have a good heart and um, I really took care of her and her roommate was Miss USA. So apparently they all voted for me as Miss Friendship. No, there is camaraderie that happens um, during this pageant. And yes, it, there could be a lot. It's very competitive. It's a very competitive environment. But there are also, I know that uh, friendships that that you know goes beyond that. I've, I'm still in touch with um, with my with my roommate Karen Levy and um, Miss Miss Thailand, for example. So yeah, you can have friendships. Gemma, are you still in touch with anybody from your batch? Well, well, all right. So, so now, now that uh, there's modern technology. Uh, I got in touch again with uh, Miss America, mm. uh, Linda Taylor, Miss America. Uh, sometimes we send each other notes. And, but the one I'm really in touch with was a young man who was, uh, he lived in LA, but he would always go to Long Beach. And he was such a fan of all these beauty contests. <laughs> he was only 16 years old when we first met. Oh. And to this day, we are friends. Oh and he has my fabulous, God. fabulous clipping collection. That's awesome. Of all the contests. Of all awesome. the contests. Amazing. Yes, really. And then he tells me, Oh, where are your old clippings? Send them to me if you don't like them anymore. You know, things like that. And then when I go, when I pass by LA, he picks me up in the airport and I stay in his place and he takes me shopping. You know, we're, we've become very good friends. Awesome. Oh, that's so yeah, cute. Really. Okay, so okay, game now. Final question. Game, final question now. But we're disciplined, Mama. Yeah, there can okay. only be one Miss Universe. <laughs> but if Miss Universe fails <laughs> to fulfill her obligations, <laughs> first runner up. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, well, I would, I, I would, uh, I, I would like the the beauty contest to go back to what they were before. That, a um, geopolitical are, <laughs> instrument. Yes, yes, they were supposed <laughs> to promote uh, world peace, yeah. huh? world harmony among among countries, and uh, the candidates are really representative of their country and of their culture. Mm. And when you say uh, "come in your national dress," I mean it's a recognizable national dress. No, by looking at the <laughs> candidates, you will know where they come from. So I would like to go back to those uh, uh, gentler days. That's interesting. Gentler, Minaman, I love the word. I, I'm listening to that answer and thinking, I would like to see a geopolitical table portion of the competition yeah. where we have representatives <laughs> from different countries hammer out because they, but the, the cliche answer is world peace. Let's yeah. let's actually make that happen. Shall we, ladies? Exactly. Have a seat. Exactly. Around like a group of eight. 
how would you do it? Right. Uh-huh. Oh, I think that'd be brilliant. <laughs> I would, I'd watch that for sure. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, Michelle? I'm the opposite. I, I, I actually, I, I enjoy how beauty pageants have evolved mm-hmm. to this day. A lot more freedom. We don't have to bring our knees together anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, we've seen, <laughs> we've Unless seen you don't women. Want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've seen women who represent, um, as Laura has mentioned, and I love that. I love that the representation of different types of women, women with multi um, with MS, um, women who are tra- transgender, mm-hmm. um, women who of color. So I, it's 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 really become a more for me a more fascinating event because you don't know now what you're gonna get. It's not the stereotypical, you know, tall statuesque women. We um, and women with voices is 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 most spectacular it used to be that people expect if you don't say world peace or if you don't say (laughs) something that um to that effect then you know you're not worth the time but now women come up with different opinions and 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 they're not shy to express it or they don't think it will go against them or it will be a point against them so i love that i love the innovation um some are really a bit too much i agree i would really want you know i would like to go back to those gentler days of kimona and you know um beautiful form-fitting um gowns but the women themselves the personality their advocacy that I don't want to go back. You know, um, we have the Me Too movement. Let's not go back. <laughs> Let's not go back. Let's right. not go back. For sure. But um, it's interesting, actually, because I do think there's there's similarities that have been. Car- I never would have thought that I would say this, but what's interesting to me that I really learned today was the origins and this geopolitical sort of opportunity that was there, and that that actually hasn't disappeared, but has it seems to have grown if anything right because not women with voices now coming out with all these causes and whatever so interestingly enough i wonder if beauty should be dropped from the name beauty pageant because it almost seems like a secondary thing almost i'm curious Uh well you still have to have that come on that was (laughs) that's the come on that's the hook that's the hook pero hindi natuhod dito na lang Well, that's, I mean, at the end, that's what I was telling you about Miss America, that they dropped a swimsuit competition. Um, and so they're not calling themselves a beauty pageant. They're calling themselves a competition. Mm. Oh, wow. That's mm. three years ago. Yeah, they dropped it. There's Amazing. more on here than I thought. So Catalina's not sponsoring anymore. Oh, it's <laughs> been years. Words. It's been years. <laughs> <laughs> but then, oh on the other hand, on the other hand, um, we must be careful about the advocacies. Because I noticed mm. that they they like put on an advocacy as if you were putting mm. on a, a pair of oh, a pair of earrings. Fair. I you agree. Know? Sure, oh, sure. Oh, oh. So yeah. well, in my contest, nobody had any advocacy. When I said I'll give uh, the money to the children who sleep in the streets of Manila, so I'll give it to Boys Town. I mean, I I really sincerely meant it. And yep. it wasn't really because I wanted to appear as if 
somebody mm. with an advocacy, right. you know. Right. And uh, no other girl, no, the other girls would say, oh, uh, I'm going to keep it for when I get married or, or things like that. It really didn't you know, matter. That is you know? so key. So now I notice, I notice that their handlers seem to believe that you have to have an advocacy. That's right. Yeah. No, and they they're not really sincere about the advocacy. Yeah. After mm. the contest, you don't hear them mm. working on this advocacy. Mm. I think well, especially yeah, if they don't win. I, <laughs> yeah. Well, well, yeah. So that sort of uh, cheapens an advocacy. I agree. You know, it becomes for Instagram. Indeed, not something right? you can put on. It's for Instagram. Indeed. Or the contest. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. Since no, I, I do agree. Sure. I do agree that yeah, it's a dime a dozen nowadays. But mm-hmm. I still believe that if these it's it opens up um topics for discussion. So and if it's not put out there, even it if it's insincere, about. it will never mm-hmm. be discussed. It I I I still think it's a good venue for that. Mm. Check maybe, as well. Maybe both and a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. But no, but I, I, this has been to me an extremely enlightening discussion. Thank you so much. Like, um, really, I was coming from a very, very exterior sort of looking in kind of thing. And all that was in my head was the protection of these girls. And I don't even like yes. calling them girls, right? I mean, to me, past the age of 18, you're a freaking woman. Like, stop calling me a girl, you know? Um, mm. and, and this idea of parading and being measured and all that stuff. And I'm, you know, I, I, I still would approach the whole thing of pageantry with a critical eye. But I think Michelle also brought up a really good point. Now, even now, how many opportunities do women have to be heard and to get this kind of power very quickly? Or like Gemma's mom said, talaga 20 years dito and you I think these are valid points, right? So I, you know, I, I'm definitely going to add some complexity to my, my thinking on this. Thank you very, very much. Um, yeah. Flip, flip, flip. An incredible Yeah, episode. we flipped it. Yeah, we have Super. flipped it. We flipped it so many different ways. May I take a screenshot of everyone? At the With risk the of me queens. looking like the piglet here among all oh, these gorgeous on. freaking clouds. No, no. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I have crowned champions here. This is really like an Ascal trying to compete with freaking pedigrees. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Oh, Gemma and Michelle, I thank you so much. And I hope that thank was you fun so for much. you also. Oh, it was fun. It's lots of fun. And I'm. Uh, it's really a pleasure to meet you, Laura and Luis. Uh, Luis, when I first saw you, I thought you were Charlie, one of our hosts in in, in the pageant. Oh, <laughs> oh, there you go. And Gemma, it's been oh, such a pleasure meeting you. I've honor. only heard of you. Yeah. Yes, yes. Thank you very much, Michelle. Uh, oh, you were great. the standard. During my time, you were oh really there. Wow. Yes, of course. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the names um, there's Gloria, there's Gemma, and there's yeah. um, um, what Margie. Margie. Margie, Margie, exactly. Aurora, Aurora, Aurora. 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 And the I kept, I knew Gemma from well from Leon, obviously, but my friend Nicole Olbes worked, I think, with you uh, in some governmental something. Uh, I just. 
heard about all this amazing governmental Philippine heritage advocacy stuff. Ah. So that was in my head. It wow. was almost an aside that you were also this, uh-huh. this legendary beauty, you know? Oh dear. So this has oh been dear. an honor. This has been uh, such an honor. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you Laura. No, absolutely. And thank you, Michelle, for waking up. Thank so you. Early. Yes, advice. Thank early. You. Goddess. <laughs> Goddess. Thank you. I, I'm, I'm afraid I won't get canonigo anymore from Banbina if I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe I used to make Canonigo in South wow, Africa? Wow, that's difficult. That's very it is so difficult. Good. I don't even know how I did it. I don't think yeah. I can do it again. I'm gonna try. I got nothing. <laughs> I can make cocktails. That's it, ladies. So next time. <laughs> that's good enough. Yeah. Well, was it worth it? Did we work it? Cut that thing down. Flip it and reverse it. Keep flipping with us. Subscribe to Flipping the Narrative wherever you get your podcasts to listen to our new episodes as soon as they drop. We are on social media too. Follow at Flipping the Narrative on Instagram and Facebook and let us know what you think. Or send us an email at flippingthenarrative.podcast at gmail.com. That's flippingthenarrative.podcast at gmail.com. Music courtesy of Cumbia Mamacita by Yoki of Ozen Beats. And thank you, thank you, thank you to Josel Gaston, our sound editor and musical engineer and podcast advisor and overall guru, and to Nami Kapati, the artist who created our awesome logo and visuals. Till we flip again.